Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Old Warlock. I'm Alex. I'm Jim. And more specifically, the Old Warlock podcast. That's right. This is episode two. Two. Count them. Two. Of the Old Warlock podcast. And I'd like to give all of you a heads up before we get too deep into this that we have Wait a minute. Does this include me? No. Um, Well, it does, but I'm not warning you. I'd just like to give everybody a heads up that we purchased headphones for ourselves (laughs) for the podcast and see now we can hear ourselves talk when we speak into the mic which has been very exciting and you wouldn't believe the kinds of um sound effects that you can do sound effects impersonations it's really impressive but yeah well at least we think it's impressive (laughs) we've been really proud of ourselves (laughs) for the past two days we've been amusing ourselves to no end with just all kinds of things that you know things you used to do as a kid with well, I'm telling you they sound three times better with a microphone and a headset yeah so that's what we've been spending our past couple of days doing for the most part um but yeah just so you know if we if you start hearing an undue amount of sound effects or Kermit the Frog impersonations what's that is that a, is that a horse God, <laughs> I wish they stop those horses running down that mm, disa- we have to we need to move disappointing it's really just going to make the podcast feel more alive so you're welcome all of you or you might want to just turn it off now and call, call it good <laughs> either way hi this is episode two uh thank you for all of you who came back <laughs> yeah after episode one if any of you did um but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit differently. We're kind of listening to you guys' feedbacks. We're gonna try to keep it a little more free form. Well, you know, I'm I'm gonna look up real quick how to podcast. No, well, <laughs> now I've been all over that and I don't understand it. We still haven't figured it out. But what what I wanted to do is we did a we set up a survey on on YouTube. Oh yeah, and a lot of you guys actually like responded. Responded, to it, and, but I I want to quickly read off the things that. You got to pe- go to the YouTube app. The, the, I, I, re- I realize that. There it is. Oh, I swear to God. I, I wanted to go and give some of the results of this. Survey. The survey that we did. Are you going to fill in my, my words all the way through this whole podcast episode? Well, maybe if. <laughs> you are, aren't you? Exactly. <laughs> you it's never realize tough. how much you love the it, sound of your own voice until you can hear it all the time. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. Okay, I'll stop. I'm sorry. I'll no, no, back. no. You carry on. You know what? I don't think that I can look up the results of that on Here. my iPad. I think it has to be done on the phone. Let me do Because it. community does not work on YouTube on an iPad. That's a great television program. iPad? No, community. Oh. Hold on. I mean, I could, par- <clears throat> I could paraphrase. Oh, I can do this. I have faith. My channel. Our channel. People All right. Do- community. So uh, four days ago, as of whatever today's date is, what is it, the 7th? Uh, today is the 7th. 7th yeah. of January, four days ago, uh, we posted a poll that said, what was your favorite part of the new podcast? And then in parentheses, look at us. We figured out how to make polls. We were pretty proud of ourselves. And the options that we presented you guys with uh, of the favorite part of the new podcast were In the Dungeon, The Dragon Magazine, Old Game Review, parentheses, Pit, that card game we talked about, our directionless banter was option four, and what podcast was option five? And out of a whopping, <laughs> no, let's no, let's not say how many people responded. I mean, I, I think that's totally irrelevant. Yeah, I, I think we're just looking at percentages. We're here. just looking at percentages. But of those five choices, what podcast was the most chosen? <laughs> um, I, I don't think you can say what podcast. It needs to be 
What podcast? What podcast? Nobody, 45% of the people responding did not know what the podcast was. And honestly, I feel like that's our fault. Oh, yeah, completely. We just need to do a better job of advertising. But the four people who commented, uh, you know who you are. And, and we appreciate it. And gave us some lovely we feedback. It. We really appreciate it. But you know you what? Guys. Here's the thing. What's the thing? Granted, there were only four people who responded. But guess who is driving a podcast right now? Those four people. They've got, they're influencing. That's true. Podcasting. They you are. Know, because they took the trouble to respond. You are making and leaving your mark on the world. But. Well, but what was number two? Number two was our directionless banter. Okay, and that's what I really wanted to get to. Yeah. Because I think I think we're really good at directionless banter, not necessarily yes. in a podcast. We just have a lot of that's all direction we do, basically. That's kind of it's kind of our it's kind of our thing. We just talk a lot. So, I'm thinking that maybe you know, since we've got these four people who are driving our podcast, mm-hmm. I think that we need to instill a lot more directionless banter. Yeah, so we've made the executive decision to, um, while we're going to keep the segments. Yeah, we'll, of, we'll still, we'll we'll still, still talk we'll still about talk some of the about stuff we talked stuff, about. But, you know, we're just going to be more directionless. and more, We couldn't really be more directionless. <laughs> we run a YouTube channel for Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, we've got a podcast about D&D. We're pretty directionless. I mean, no, come on. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. But, um, but yeah, so that's, you know, that's our goal. That's what we're going to try and do. And if you're still here by this point, <laughs> thank you. And if you're not here, can't blame. I you. don't blame you a bit. You know, um, we're just uh, we're just fo- we're just following what the people want. That's exactly. all we're doing. We are people of the people. I wonder if Zachary hit record on that camera. You know, I'm serious. No, he. I think he said yeah, that he, he did. did. He I, th- did. Th- I think he said that he did. Yeah. What we're doing is we're recording these. On a camera as well, and we're going to, we're going to, I know to why you, la- yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just waiting for you to, f- to flesh that out. Um, we're going to post these, mm-hmm. these uh, videos of the recording of the podcast on a separate channel, just in case you need a visual to go with yeah. our, the sound You'll of have our the voices. So that does mean that officially we are going to be creating a separate YouTube channel for um, at least that's the plan right now. How? But the thing is, here's the thing, though. What's the thing? If people are listening to this, which they're not, but let's just but let's just say that someone out, let's just say that fifth person out there was that fifth loyal fan. That fifth loyal fan. You know, uh-huh. are they going to listen to the podcast and then go watch it as well? I don't think so. I well, mean, is it is it kind of a pointless thing to record a podcast on video and then post it? You know what? Using our newfound knowledge of the YouTube community page, which is put up, which is extensive, we could put up a, another another poll, and we could let you guys decide. So you know, I think that, let's do that. I think that's a good idea. So let us know. We will. We've got the first podcast filmed, and we're going to film this one as well. We're currently filming this one, but um, if you guys would like us to post those so that you could watch them because you'd rather watch a podcast, because I know that's a big thing. Is it? Uh, see, see, I, you know, I'm old. I, I don't understand the whole podcasting. I listen to podcasts. Don't get me wrong, but I would never watch one. Yeah, that's a that's that's the, not my there's, thing. There's a lot of social media people 
who on their podcast they film it and then they put it up well I, I, like you I, know, I guess i get that yeah like like yeah. joe rogan you know who you yeah know, yeah, I, yeah I he, know who he, he films his and he puts them up there so we're what we're doing is we're we're like joe rogan yeah wow we're on the same level absolutely um but no let us let us know we'll we'll put up a poll if you guys would like us to put them up we'll put them up if you don't care and if well we'll gonna, put that in the poll yeah, should we'll, we we'll not put up these polls option. and then we know not to yeah. do it anymore <laughs> do it and then the four people who it'll probably be down to two after this podcast yeah. um you know those two people can make the decisions for us going forward on what we want to do yeah yeah so yeah we'll just uh we'll figure it out but let us know yeah if you well, don't care that's fine um uh, but we have the recording so we'll let you guys make the decision yeah so don't don't pick your nose or anything while we're while we're recording this. No, okay thanks for the reminder yeah yeah i know you have an issue with that <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so what was it i'm gonna catch some heat for that one. yeah I, I think you are um i i'm thinking that um a couple different things okay i think you know I, I still would like to talk a little bit about some of the early magazines yeah uh maybe just two i think we're down to maybe just doing one now yeah. Because, you know, there's a lot of information being packed into these, and so I don't want to dominate yeah. the airwaves here. Are, are they, they're not airwaves anymore. They're video waves. Used you're to be really, radio was the airwaves. You're really getting hung up on this point. I really am, because, I'm, again, I'm old, and this whole, this whole technology thing with, you know, YouTube and podcasts and whatever, I make use of it, but I don't understand it. That's it, the problem. That's okay. I don't. I mean, I don't think anybody really understands. It. I don't. That's the feeling I get. It's all a big mystery. You know, I spend a lot of time. I know it's not on AM or FM radio that people are going to be listening to this because we don't have a contract with Sirius XM. Well, okay, that's not going to be on Sirius XM. It's not going to be on AM or FM. It'll be on XM. Is there a difference? No, I it's just. It, I don't but, understand it either. But uh, well, and the thing is, the, the feeling that I get on this though, because I've been, you know, I, if I do something like this, I I jump into it, you know. Yeah, you know that. I do. I research the heck out of things. Uh-huh. And so what is the first thing that I'm going to do? Well, I go and I start looking at YouTube videos about podcasting. Yeah. And a lot of those YouTube videos about podcasting don't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, well, how exactly? Well, number one, it's a video about podcasting and you find this to be antithetical well yeah yeah that's not making any sense to me and, but I, I, going a step <laughs> further with it though i mean the, the ones that i've watched it's very much here's how you make a podcast uh-huh. and here are the, the here's the here's the equipment that you need mm-hmm. find yourself a subject yeah and then talk about it record it Yes. And post it on one of the hosting services. Okay, that's that's all great. But I needed to watch a, a video to see that, Apparently. to learn that. Okay, but I knew that going in. Why so, you watch the video then? Well, but see. Well, were you looking for more like, here's what you should be talking about? Because I think kinda, that part was, you have to figure out on I, your own. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm looking for more of the how you should talk about it. Okay, I hear what you're saying. And nobody seems to want to commit themselves <laughs> on that. This there's, is the how-to that, for... That's right. Yeah. It, it, there's no there's no research this, talk for this long. You know, here's what the, here's what the, 
the percentages say. Here's what the results of studies have shown. It's all just, yeah, talk about stuff. Hopefully, we're going to get 100,000 views on this and make money. And well, I mean, that, it, I, that disappoints me. I think it just depends on what it is you're talking about. Do you? Yeah. Because, like you know, different people are looking for different things. I mean, like with one of the podcasts that I listen to, it's talking about philosophy. Those are like, they're a little bit shorter form. They're like 20, 25 minutes where some So because philosophers and, don't have real strong attention span or what? Yeah. What's your degree? Undiagnosed ADHD. What's, what's your degree going to be in? <laughs> Philosophy. Oh, that's right. And history, both. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. I, gee, I forgot about so that. So God, please listen to the podcast because <laughs> I'm not going to have a job after I'm done. I'm going to have two bachelor's degrees and no career opportunities. But gosh darn it, if I don't love Dungeons and Dragons. So. <laughs> because that carries people a long way. It really does. <laughs> Look how far I've gone. Look <laughs> Almost a half a century I've been playing this game, and look at where I've ended up. Oh, I know I'm an inspiration here for you. I come. I know I'm an inspiration. I, I, I can sense it. I can feel it. Well, yeah, well, it's, everything will be fine. So, I've got to hold on to my youthful optimism as hey, long as I can. You know, that's that's very true. Yeah. That's, and I think that that's an important part of it. When things get, when the going gets rough, might as well play D&D. Well, you know, that that's it. It's, it's escapism. It's, exactly. It's pure escapism. It's my chosen form of escapism. I remember when I was younger, that was my thing. Um, you know, it was... I looked forward to those weekend D&D games. Yeah. Simply because that was my way to distance myself from all the nonsense yeah. that I had had to deal with during the week. Mm-hmm. And so, no, it's... It's pure escapism. I think it's. I think it's extremely valuable. Something I would like to talk about at some point, <clears throat> probably not on this video. Okay. I was having a conversation with Gene, um, Calvin, John, some other guys that played really early with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, way back, back nineteen, nineteen seventy, yeah, nineteen seventy. Kids and teenagers. Right. Yeah. And Gene brought up a really good point. And Gene, if you're listening to this, you know, you might remind me. I do. Um, exactly what was going on. Yeah, Gene, Gene no longer lives around our area, um, which is a shame because he's a really good player. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Gene was talking to me about all of the things that he actually took away from Dungeons & Dragons, things that that he learned or he that he experienced or things that changed his, his personality in mm-hmm. a way that not not changed his personality but changed his ability to to accomplish certain things um you know because he said you know simple things like map reading you know that was especially back in the day when you used uh graph paper and you drew out your maps and you you we in in my campaign we always had a lot of maps that people had to follow and what whatever Um, he said you know things like map reading got to be really good talking to people and solving problems you know, really bizarre problems. He said a lot of my my skills in that started mm-hmm. with playing Dungeons and Dragons. So, yeah, and I mean, I think that that's kind of one of the aspects of you know, there's so many different values to games like Dungeons and Dragons and any creative endeavor really. That I think, that yeah. especially with Dungeons and Dragons and all of the uh, misunderstandings that people have about it and the opinions that people have about it, I think right. that a lot of those kind of get swept under the rug. Where you know. If you're doing world building in Dungeons and Dragons, then you know that's not viewed the same way as if you're doing world building for uh, writing a book or something like that. But it's the same activity. You're you're going through the same motions. You're <coughs> right, gaining the same right, right, right. skills and creative abilities, and things like that. Problem solving, forming interpersonal relationships, being able to be spontaneous, and being thrown into uncomfortable situations. Like those are all things that 
for me at least, I completely agree with Gene because, you know, I've played since I was, what, 12 years old as well? Oh, at least, yeah. Yeah, so nine, ten years for me. <clears throat> and it's all, those are all skills that I've gotten from the game that are incredibly valuable that I think that people forget about when it comes well, to discussing the game. Yeah, and I, I'm not trying to say that that the game is solely responsible for those things. That, oh, no, that, no, no, That's no. not what I'm getting at. But, and I know you're not, I know you don't think that's what I'm saying, but... I think that there are a lot of things, a lot of those skill sets that at least are honed or they get started yeah. from playing the game. <clears throat> and um, I think that that's underestimated. And yeah. I, I think that I think that a lot of people, I think they approach the game with a different um, mindset than the mindset that we approach it from. Like in general, or um, no, no, no. I, I don't think like younger people, or was that what uh, you're talking about? Well, no, I'm not. I'm not going to point out and say the younger people. I'm just saying that I think that there's been a shift in the approach to the game. It's more yeah. of a. I think it's become. It's always been a social experience, but I think in some ways it's become more of a social experience as opposed to a gaming experience. And I, I, I'm not explaining that very well, but that's... No, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm also nodding in agreement, which you guys can't hear. Probably. But if you watch the video of our podcast, you'd see it's that. still up in the air, but yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I completely agree. I mean, I think that, you know, I don't have a ton of experience with playing the newer editions or anything like that, but I do probably have more than you. Oh yeah, I, my, I, very much so. Yeah, because yeah. I play with people my age and they usually play fifth edition, right. unless I force right. them otherwise. Um. But that definitely is more of the emphasis. People don't, it's not that they don't care. It's just that it's, it's a different set of priorities. It, it's a different approach to the game. Yeah. And there's nothing no. inherently wrong with no, that. No, there's not. It's there, not the not way that I would choose to play because right. I want, you know, a Lord of the Rings high fantasy adventure that I can put myself into an experience. Right. But I think that anymore it is more of a, it's just, it's just a, it's just a social thing well that's just yeah it's i don't think that i I don't i can't i'm not in any way saying this is the case with everybody who plays no 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 no, 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 no. all i'm saying is that i see a lot more people or i and by see i mean again i'm on youtube i'm watching people play live stream i'm watching podcasts getting confused (laughs) i'm watching podcasts and listening to videos yeah Uh um but no i i see a lot of people you know the way that things are played when when they're streaming and I, I don't get the same, not with, with a lot of the players, I don't get the same level of seriousness and self-immersion that I think yes. came with the way we played it back in the day. Uh, yeah. Um, it's just a different approach. It's, I think that, I think that games in general are different from they were, from the way they were when I was younger. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, and we've talked about this before in blog posts and everything else, but, um, I think that it's just the advent of video games that's changed that. I think so too. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think that really is the underlying cause. We, we keep talking about the Skyrimification right. of Dungeons and Dragons, where you right. want to be the superhero, and when you are that superhero, that allows you to stay with the same group and keep those relationships going for longer. And I think that you know that's what the priority is. Yeah, I, I think so, and I think that there's there's less investment from that. I think there's less investment in developing the character there's less investment in the character because you're not developing that character from the ground up in a in a really meaningful way yeah but and that's i again i think that that also depends on who your dungeon master is and who's who's running your yeah game there, too. i mean i mean there's there are exceptions to what i see all across the board but i think that um i think that that is one of the issues that i have <clears throat> that i have with some of the later editions but let's not go too far down that road no 
you know, you play the game to have fun. If you're having fun playing the way you play, that's all that matters. Yeah, that's fine. It's still, it's still at the end of the day, it's the same base set of experiences that you're having. Speaking of which, speaking of playing, however, uh huh. I think we should talk a little bit about the game that we played the other day with Marcus <laughs> and Cody. I think we should too. Um, that was a great game. It was a fantastic. It was, game. It was really good. And I, if you I guys was, are listening, I don't know if you are. I'm so proud of you both. I am too. They 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 haven't played with me. I mean, both of them have played with me maybe a total of what four times, five not, times. Not even that many. I'd say this was. I think this was the third. I, th- I think for Cody it might have been the third. I think for Marcus it might have been the fifth. I'm not sure. I can't remember because he played back when you guys were really young. Yeah, when we like first met but but for a little bit of background um my friends marcus and cody they're my age um in their early 20s for a christmas present for my friend marcus who loves dungeons and dragons a a lot he's a huge fan but he doesn't get the opportunity to play that often um he always wants to play with jim backslash my father here uh because you know he's like for all of us he's the ultimate dungeon master um, no, that's well you know i'm just i'm trying to be a good son but um yeah so we we had them come over and my friend cody and i kind of organized this whole experience where we were going to have him get into this big themed uh making tavern food type thing sending uh, a letter to him beforehand that was you know on theme with the adventure uh, in, in the in it was it was a letter from somebody in the world to his character um beforehand but we we kind of kind of set the scene yeah yeah um but they they got here and it was one heck of an adventure that we it really was yeah Uh, but the cool thing about it to me was uh and i always love this it it happens i gotta be honest it happens fairly frequently in my game Mm -hmm. um there was what one fight yeah and that Um, and that didn't last long at all yeah just one just the one and and i think that things still to me they were still really exciting and the other cool thing about it was it went it went it didn't go off the rails but it took a sidetrack uh okay let me back up what i wanted to do since i only get to play with these guys i get to play with them very infrequently and and uh cody and marcus are some of my favorite favorite people um I, we don't get to play that often, and so every time we start to play again, we have to start all over again. We have to start from scratch because we lose track of where we were, what we were doing. And so I thought, well, I want to have something set up to where they can, if we pick up again or we play online, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be easier to jump back into it. And yeah. so I wanted to, what I decided to do was use uh, Barrel Maze. Uh, and we've talked about that. We talked about that in our, our Christmas special. Yeah, go check it out. As yeah, it's it's a great um, it's a great publication made by um, I think it's Greg Gillespie who makes them. Um, yeah, it's Greg Gillespie. And Barrel Maze is a it's a complete adventure, and it's it's a little on the pricey side. Goes up to I want to say that you can you know picking up Barrel Maze complete is about eighty bucks, but it is every, every penny is is worth it on that yeah, on it, what on it's that publication. Incredible. But it's all it's also self contained. Mm-hmm. And so I've picked up Barrel Maze. I've made changes to it to fit it into my campaign. I usually don't run modules. Most of my stuff is, is stuff that I've made. But every now and, yeah. and then I come across something and think, yeah, i got to find a way to work this into my into my world. But anyway, we had uh, Barrel Maze complete, and we set that up. And I thought, okay, you know, this way when we play whenever, we can pick up right where we left off, and there's not going to be this open-ended thing that we have to remember. 
uh, it'll just make it easier to to pick up where we where we start where we left off the previous uh, time we played. So I'm ready for the Barrow Maze. Is it, there's a little bit of a, a townscape area. There's you know there are a couple little settlements. There's a castle uh, in the area. But the focus of Barrow Maze is supposed to be going into this burial complex, and then you get down into a mega dungeon, and that's really where you are from that point on. And I thought this is going to be great because. Um, you know, it's again, it's self-contained. It's going to be an easy thing just to put down and then pick up again. Yeah. But, and, and this is great that this happened. I I changed a little bit of, I, I fleshed out a little bit of what um, the cities were, some of the different factions were. I, I, I made those compatible with my campaign. And we never, you guys never got to the Barrow Maze. No. I mean, you never got close we, we, to the we, Barrow Maze. We, by the time we got to the like jumping off point for going to the barrow maze we had basically no interest at that point in time in going there because we had started doing so many other things right in the town and right. and i this is the second time that i've started the barrow maze at least um not with this character but not with a different character yeah, yeah right. it was it was it was a couple of years ago and it was a different character but the experience that i had this time was completely different one hundred percent. Absolutely, like yeah. you, you could barely tell that they were the same adventure. If the maps right. weren't the same, you wouldn't recognize it. Right, right. Um, but yeah, and, and I think that that was it. Really, just came down to the way that they decided to play the game because they both created these unique, <laughs> strange characters that were just absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, they were Marcus with, um, uh, and I've never, ever had this happen. Mm-hmm. Marcus, when I, when I said, okay, you know, what, what are you looking at here? What, what kind of, you know, give yourself a little bit of a backstory so we can get started on that. And then, you know, we'll expand your backstory, but I want you to have something in your head that, yeah. that uh, you'd like to play. And he said, well, I want to play a half orc character. I thought, okay, you know, I've had plenty of people play half orcs in my campaign in the past. And he said, but I want it to be half orc, half hobbit. Which was just. Uh, <laughs> never have I, have I had this happen. And but then he had all these different things. You know, he ended up making the the uh, half-orc, half-hobbit. And I, I ne- the thing is, I never knew what to actually call him. You know, are you a half-orc or are you a half-hobbit? Well, yeah, because he's both. Right. But I, yeah. You know, usually when you say half-orc, you think, okay, it's half-orc, half-human. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? So, uh, he, but then he had him uh, be a, a really low-level thug assassin, mm-hmm. um, which, again, and he had the reasoning awesome. behind it. Yeah, it, it was great. And then Cody, Cody on the other, oh my on God. the other side, made a what was it? It He's was just a, dwarf it was fighter, a dwarven fighter, which was kind of a bard. Yes, who he yeah. kind of played it as a bard with like a begin a beginning bard, a, a starting out bard, yeah. a guy a dwarf fighter who liked to sing. And uh, in the first, I hadn't been introduced yet. They started off together, and they were like traveling down the road because okay, the the way that we set it up, we sent a letter. Uh, to Marcus the day before from his cousin saying, hey, come to this place. Uh, there's treasure here. There's a lot of ways to make money. So we wax sealed it. We might throw some pictures up somewhere. Up, yeah, that'd, but, be, that'd be kind of fun. Um, then I delivered it to him the day before. And then the next day he shows up with this letter and that's that kind of sets the groundwork for the adventure. So he and um, Cody's character have to go and do all this to go and try and find his cousin and make some money. So I hadn't been introduced yet, but they make their way into the first town that they're in and they go into a tavern which is kind of like a rough and rowdy sort of a place and cody 
while he's sitting there. Um, well, one one more one more detail, uh, and I think this is this is crucial yeah. to this whole thing. Cody had decided that his dwarf was oh, madly in love with a an elvish girl who lived at this. They're they're all really these people are all of, all the characters are supposed to be dirt poor, and he had fallen in love with this elvish woman or girl at this this farming community that they lived in, uh-huh. and she had she was having nothing to do with him. And so he wanted to have it so that he had to, his character had decided that the only way to win this elf girl's heart mm-hmm. as a dwarf was to go out and make himself a rich man and come back. So th- there's a, this is the overlying driver theme, theme of his character. Exactly. And so, so go on. I'll, so, I'll let you. I just want to put that in. So, go ahead and keep continuing. So he's, madly, he's madly in love with this elf. And. Um, the two of them are together. They're like making their way slowly in the first town. They go into this. Not not the not the elf and Cody, but Marcus and Cody. Yeah, Marcus and Cody. The, the, this elf woman had nothing to do with. She with, was back uh, home. Think of like yeah. a, I was thinking of like a Sam and what's the Hobbit's name and the tavern that he's in love with. Oh, um, Rosie. Rosie, yeah, yeah, kind of a Sam and Rosie situation, but way more estranged, and yes. she doesn't care at all. But anyway, they get into this tavern, and Cody decides <laughs> that he wants to just liven the place up and try and find some people to befriend and take on the adventure with, take 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 on the adventure to go find this cousin and make some money. So it's kind of quiet. Everybody's being real shady, and he goes up to the bar, and he he asks Jim, "Hey, where's uh, is there any are there any dwarves in here?" He said, "Absolutely, roll the dice. Absolutely, there are five dwarves down um, <laughs> at the bar, down at the at bar, the bar, sitting yeah. at the bar, a little ways down from you guys." So he says, "Okay." walks down to the dwarves and he's adopted this powerful scottish accent the entire time we played he didn't give it up once during the entire <laughs> he really game. didn't so he goes down there he starts talking to these guys and trying to make friends with them and he decides to climb up on top of the bar and he starts singing a song that he wrote while he was sitting yeah. at the table he wrote at out, the table with us with us he wrote out a poem that he was going to sing about this beautiful elf named mary that he had fallen in love with he climbed, his character climbed up on top of the bar, and he said, I'm going to sing this song. And, so he, and, and, and we were, I was expecting, as I'm sitting there, and he's explained to me what he's going to do. And that's uh, the way I play my game. You know, you don't do checks. You don't do, you don't try and say, well, I've got this ability to do this, so if I roll the dice a certain way, I'm successful. No. In my campaign, you do it. Um I, you know, if you have to talk your way past a city guard, you have to talk your way past a city guard, then you have to, basically, you have to convince me. You have to do an improv session, basically, with you. It is. It's it's an improv session for pretty much everything. Yeah. Well, I was expecting Cody to say, okay, I'm going to try and talk to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to sing this song. And I thought that he was just going to leave it at that. But no, he suddenly belts out a song complete with words. And it was good. It was was really, (laughs) it was was top notch. This heartfelt love song. To this elf, and then well, and then the way that I usually, the way I do things is mm-hmm. you have to do the improv, and then I will roll a dice to check your success, but I give you pluses or minuses based on your improv, mm-hmm. and you know I I couldn't help it. It was it was just one of those that was absolutely amazing. That was you know? incredible. So I, and so I I rolled the die, and he rolled the die, and he he nailed it with this. But I mean, it was he almost had no chance for failing because yeah. of this incredible song. And I, I don't know if I've ever laughed quite it was that hard. It was hysterical, but, but in a great were, way. It was fantastic. None of us were expecting it because he just decided, okay, song time. Yeah. And he belted it out. Now, now understand, Cody has a background in acting, mm-hmm. um, and he's, he's actually very good. Yeah. But 
the you know I wasn't expecting him to bring that to the table in the game, but both he and Marcus, all the way through their their role playing and their the way they were approaching and talking to people. And again, it's all improv. You you go to talk to somebody to get information. You come and talk to me, and I'm that character. You've got to convince me to part with the information you want or whatever. Yeah, both of them did just an excellent job. Yeah, I mean, Cody Cody played this, you know, kind of in-your-face, excited <clears throat> dwarf the whole time very well. And then Marcus had more of a kind of nuanced, um, complex, yeah. to understand character with a lot of different background storylines that he created, but yeah. he played the character in a way that you could buy each of those storylines. Yep. Well, and then the other thing that was great was the interaction between the two of them. Yeah. Because Cody was playing the the brash, overactive, loud entertainer dwarf to the hilt mm -hmm. with the expectation with and Cody had the expectation that Marcus was gonna shut him down and keep him under control. Yeah, he was the straight man the entire he, Exactly, time. which Marcus played perfectly yeah. all the way through. It um, was it, it was really it was, a fantastic it was, it was really good. It of, was really good of role playing. And you know, I think that it's it was a good example and a good reminder to us that you can that kind of having obscure, strange characters is something that's can be really good. Yeah. If you if you if you really <clears throat> put go as hard as you can to try and play that character the way it should be played, it may it improves the experience for everybody. It, it really did, and I, as a dungeon master, you know that was one of the most fun sessions I've had in, in quite a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, you played good. You always play well, but. Thank you. But I just wasn't expecting, you know, the fact that I've only played with them a couple of times for them to, and I think it's because, a part of it's also because they trust me. They know who I am. They're not embarrassed to. Yeah, I mean, they've to, known you to, for a decade at this well, point. Well, I've known them since, what, they were like 10? You know, 12, at least yeah, Marcus. Something you know, like I've that, I've known yeah. them that long. Cody, not quite so long, but pretty close. Yeah. But I, I felt good that they felt comfortable enough to just jump into this with both feet and, mm -hmm. and get after it. But um, then it... it <laughs> The thing that one of the things that I really thought was fun was um, partway through it. There, there's a whole complex story I'm not going to get into because these guys are still playing this game. Mm -hmm. But somebody took a crossbow shot <clears throat> at Cody in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. and it was almost like somebody really had taken a crossbow shot at at Cody. Yeah. And the reaction of both Marcus and you, um, that was really the only combat that we had that evening and it was with i think there were two people mm -hmm. but uh it was over and done in real short order but the fallout and the investigation and the why did this happen and oh you know what's going to happen next and yeah. what do i need to be aware of was it was perfect it really was good yeah i mean i think that that's kind of a balance that you like to use a lot in the way that you play the game and in the way that right. i play the game where if you're you know, we talk about the importance of fighting and the importance of role playing. But if all you're doing is fighting, then basically all you're doing is sitting there and rolling dice. Right. There's only so much right. imagination that you can put into having a big battle. Right. Um, but then we can. I mean, we've we've gone whole nights before without with, without yeah. a single piece of combat, and it's still been a lot of fun because it's about different aspects of creativity and imagination right. instead of just slaughtering knolls, which can be fun. <laughs> Especially uh, after a bad week. You know? Yeah. <laughs> go, go Take your we gotta go slaughter some gnolls. I'm tired of this. But yeah. No, but, but it was good. I just wanted to mention it because I, I just thought it was a, a really good session Yeah, that uh, we played the other day. And I'm hoping that um, both of them are, are heading back out. Um, 
Marcus is headed across the state to do some things, and and uh, Cody's we're, heading down south to another state. So yeah, we're all we're all college age, so we've kind of we kind of have to go our ways every once in a while. Right, but, we'll but get, hopefully we'll get back. To we'll it. be able to to continue that one because yeah. that that was just a lot of fun. But yeah, that's what we've been up to. Yeah, conquering. <laughs> Conquering life, one D and D session at a time. Conquering people's love of music, one D and D session at a time. If we can get a hold of that song, we'll post it somewhere so you guys can take a look at. No, what I what I really want to do is have him sing it. Yep, I want him to <laughs> sing that. He needs to be on the podcast. He needs to sing it in that uh, Scottish brogue that he mm-hmm. adopted for that character, and he's yeah, that's what I really want yeah. to have happen. We'll see if we can make that happen. But yeah. Um, what else do we want to talk about? I don't know. We could talk about a board game that we played recently. What did we? What we played? What we played recently? We played Manchester Madness recently. We did. And listen, I I know that a lot of the people who are here, a lot of you guys, are probably of the four of you, of the four of you slash three other people who downloaded it or whatever it was it by by mistake exactly yeah <laughs> thought they were doing some sort of what a are these magician doofuses? con oh wizards warlocks wizards, okay that's yeah fun. we'll do I that like magic oh wait who are these guys yeah um but anyway it's it's been a while since i've discussed this but my loathing loathing oh here we go here of we go. the board game betrayal at the house on the hill is unparalleled it really is I it's hate, visceral. It is I visceral. Hate that game. And I don't. I don't know quite why. There's a reason, and I'm going to tell you the reason. Yeah, tell me right I, now. I don't know what it is. The reason is because I before I ever played Betrayal at House on the Hill, I played a game called Mansions of Madness, which the is second edition, of which it. is which is pretty amazing. And I can confidently say that the second edition of Mansions of Madness is objectively the greatest board game ever created by anyone ever. I'm I'm gonna have to I I wouldn't say no it, on that. It is creative, yep. magnificent. It creates. I mean, granted, all the storylines are basically stolen, but that's okay because they're they're just yeah. taking Cthulhu storylines sure. essentially, sure. which are pretty generic and understood by people. But the way they execute them yeah. is incredible. For those of you who haven't played it, basically the way that the game works is. Um, it's a game where you place down tiles as you explore some kind of environment, whether it's a house or a city ship. block. Yeah, a ship, um, a train. train. That's, that's um, my favorite one is a, the one with the train. There's one with a university, but as they, they, they supply you with these tiles that your character is presented with some kind of issue or mystery that they have to solve in a late 18, early 1900s Cthulhu Arkham type of environment. Right. As you explore these environments, you place down these tiles and you basically build the house or whatever it is that you're in as you go. Um, but the the beauty of it is that the whole thing is run through an app that you download yes. for free on Complete, phone, which, iPad, laptop, whatever. Which contains music, sound effects, you um, know, the whole thing. Narration, I, yeah. everything. Yeah. And so the the app essentially controls all the rules and it governs what would otherwise be a very complex game yeah. to make it incredibly simple. But I'm sure that a lot of you have heard of it if you if you like these kinds of board games. But we played it the other night, and I was just reminded of its grandeur. Yeah, God. yeah. It. I mean, we we died. We lost. We did really bad. <laughs> we 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 went the wrong way. <laughs> Maybe the worst we've ever played. I, that I game. think it really was. It, it it did not turn out well. 
it for was, the most it was not good for the most part it's one of those games where it's everybody who's playing versus the game right. unless you know right. some conditions are met and other things happen but um i know we don't usually talk about board games too much but i think we need to start i think so because just there are so many of them out there that have that are kind of fun and cool i think we need to do that i mean we kind of got started with talking about pit last time yeah but Pit's a good game yeah but um this was just it's i think that one of the things that kind of gets forgotten in especially role-playing games is using different environments and using different settings with different themes to kind of portray creativity because of course there is there are games like call of cthulhu and boot hill but i think that they kind of get swept under the rug in right. favor right. of things like dungeons and dragons and this just i i see i see what you're getting yeah, at. yeah. I, I understand what you're saying if fa- fantasy becomes swords and dragons and nothing else right and i think that maybe different and there might be different types of swords and different types of dragons but yeah. underneath it all it's kind of the same lord of the rings setting. dragon isn't right. that much different right. from game of thrones dragon there you go um but i it really renewed my interest personally in play, trying to figure out how to play call of cthulhu which if any of you out there have played call of cthulhu um we're working on it uh, we've played it just a couple times we played and it twice i think i am I, i'm really excited about playing dark ages call of cthulhu oh my goodness i completely forgot about that yeah and we we haven't gotten there but i really and i think bill would love to play that too yeah because i think that would be I, right up his alley that i completely spaced that that there are like five different settings oh there's the there's the roman one which i would love to play there is there's world Victor- war one victorian there's, england oh yeah, world war yeah one. there's a lot of them yeah there are a lot of them but i mean Use it's your words jim it, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i've always had kind of a love for Cthulhu anyway well yeah you have just because I I really like that sort of pseudo Victorian um, Arkham setting that the whole thing has to do with but I I think that definitely playing Call of Cthulhu is something that I would like to do well we should do that we should what we might end up doing then is we should sit down and and play call and I talked to Bill about it a while back Mm -hmm. and he wants to play so I think we should actually sit down and play and then maybe talk about it on yeah. one of our podcasts because i the, the one time we did play it it was it was a lot of fun it's a very it different game yeah you're not out there to kill people no you're there to figure things out and avoid being killed really is kind of what it boils down to yeah but just thought i'd mention that yeah well i'm glad you did big fans of mansion of madness over here go pick yourself up a copy yes and that that was that's just our that was our fun thing for the past week or yeah, so that's what we did so yeah and it was enjoyable it's a very fun game i'm just sorry i'm looking at the wall of games now those of you who are looking at the video, you can see us gazing off to the side here. and Gazing hungrily at the wall of games, with the exception of anything Catan or Ticket to Ride related. No, 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 no. Ticket to Ride is a fine game. No, it's not. It is. No, it, um, mm, mm, Ticket to mm, Ride mm. is a very good game. I don't know why you have an issue with Ticket to Ride. But see, this is what I'm excited about for the podcast. It's going to provide us with the opportunity to voice to the people our differing opinions. Yes, of which, of which there are many. There are many. But boy, I can't stand Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride is one of the best games I've ever seen. The mechanic of it is is really original, creative. It's I know that I it's, love it. I know it's beloved, and I'm sorry to any of you that this offends. I'll even look at the camera. I am sorry. So if any of the four of you do not like or or like Ticket to Ride, let us know. Yeah, put your thoughts in yeah. the comments below. But yeah, well, I think we should move on from just reminiscing and. Uh, this, what is it this is our this directionless is our directionless banner this, directionless a lot oh. of directionless banner i can't it really is how, how long have we been screen? doing this i don't know what we're up to but it's I been a while know. 
So if you're still here and you're ready for some structure, hey. Hey, we're we're ready. We're done now. We've got all the the directionless. The directionless -ness. Very good. That was very good. Yeah. Thank the you. directionlessness is out of our systems. I'm now a we're going, major. We're now, <laughs> now we're going to go to the directioned um banter. I, I want to last in the first one, we we took a look. We took we chose a random magic item. We did. Out of the uh Encyclopedia Magica. Mm-hmm. Uh, of which there are four volumes, but uh, you know we only chose one of them to choose our magic item out of, and then we talked about it a little bit. I want to do the same thing. I'd like to do that as well. For one, number one, this is content. It is for us, but there are like a billion different magic items in these in this Encyclopedia Magica. Yeah, and if you have a chance to get the Encyclopedia Magica, do it because it's actually just a fun read. If you're as they much are. of a D and D geek as I am, then it's uh, you know it's. That's a good thing to sit down with on a rainy day and or a sunny day or any day really any day yeah just but let's go get them. let's do this yeah so go ahead I did a bad job at picking the random item last time so I'll leave it to you volume three Encyclopedia Magica I'm just gonna open it up crank it open and we're gonna talk about this <laughs> oh hey all right we have got Torlock's Saddle of Comforts. Interesting. I kind of dig this. I like it. What is, vague, very briefly, what does Torlock's saddle do? I can't read this briefly. All right, read it in depth then. It says, most dragon knights use saddles for comfortable rides on their mounts. Torlock's saddle, however, was created to ease the rigors of long cross-country journeys on dragon back. I was going to say dragon knights. Yeah, its seat and safety straps offer a pleasant, secure ride, but its main attractions are the various pouches and what is concealed within them. Hmm. The saddle of comforts contains the following items. Each may be used and replaced, then used again after at least 24 hours have passed. Mm-hmm. If the original item is not returned to its pouch within 24 hours, it lo it loses its dweemer. I love that word, dweemer. You don't know what it means, do you, Mr. Philosophy Major? Listen, I know that the dweemer are what the dwarves are called in Skyrim. That's all I got, though. Oh, God. It's just, it's painful to That's me. That's what I get for going to a state college. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's dweemer and no other magical items appear to take its place, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there's a 30% chance for any saddle that is found to be missing one die eight of its items. But here are the items. Mm -hmm. A potion of dragon sight. Wow. A decanter of endless water. Ooh. A cloak of warmth. A potion of fire resistance. A rope of climbing. A tent of shelter. A serpentine owl. A, oh, a serpentine owl. A figure of wondrous power. I, those are mentioned in some of the earlier... Uh, AD&D stuff. Interesting. A horn of fog, which I just think is one of the coolest things ever. A horn, a horn of, of fog. You blow dude. on this horn and you basically create a big fog. So I, it's, a fo it's a medieval fog machine, basically. Well, think of it. Fog horn. Leg horn. No, not leg. No, no. Oh. I'm just thinking, you know, you have, you, when you're on a no, boat. Yeah, you, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, yeah, that's it's, cool. It's cool, yeah. I just like what they've done with the words. Yeah, I think it's fun. Uh, you get a pouch of food and an iridescent spindle island stone. But anyway, I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I don't think that I would ever have this actually be in my campaign simply because it's too powerful. No one dry, no one rides dragons. <laughs> Yet. Well, actually, no, that's not true. You have. 
No. No, no, no. You fought dragons. You fought dragons. That's right. Yeah. I, I, you were flying and you fought the dragons. Yeah, because I have. With a, a Vorpal. I've, yeah, I have a ring of flying and a magic carpet. And me and. That's right. Me and my brother and um, one of our NPCs had to break up a siege of a tower by fighting dragons. And to this day, it is the single coolest thing I have ever done in my life. Every, every role you had that day went perfectly for you. Oh, my gosh. That was that was quite a that was quite a good adventure. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. But um, I mean, I if there were the opportunity to ride a dragon, I think that would be a cool thing to have. Oh yeah, I, I think so. I just it's something that I've never really considered people being able to do. Yeah, the way that you kind of play and characterize dragons—that's not something that would necessarily yeah, dragon, be easy to have happen. I mean, I can I can see there being ways that you could use magic to do it, or in like. Um, a specific circumstance where the dragon was willing a dragon allows you to ride yeah. it yeah but that it would have to be that would be a real specific circumstance in my world yeah a one-off kind of yeah you're not going to form an army of people riding no. dragons no yeah. you're really not and if you get a dragon to do to allow you to ride it one time you know there's going to be a price to pay yeah so anyway but anyway no. kind of a cool item it's a neat item yeah we'll move on let from us there. know how you would use that item yeah listeners <laughs> List, yeah, I guess if we do you're have still there, you, <laughs> guys. <laughs> the four of you, maybe two of you now, maybe there's one of you left at this stage, but you know, yeah, we'll see. But moving I also, on, I also want to, I want to talk about a, a monster like we did. Random last monster, a random monster Let's, out of the what? The Advanced Dungeons and Dragons monster, monster manual. manual, the first one. So I'm just gonna randomly open this up and close it again and let it. <laughs> and i'm gonna point to this oh whoa i am passionate about these whoa so um we've got belzebul the archdevil the archdevil in here i'm i just want to look at his stats real quick Um, sorry our chairs are creaking if you can hear that i thought that was my knee um so anyway, armor class negative 566 hit points. Um, wild damage per attack, 2 to 12, plus poison, plus 3 better weapon to hit. Not strong enough. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. You Not my, even. You want my hot take of the day? I do. These need to be way more powerful. Yeah, I mean, this is an arch devil. These, this is the equivalent of Satan. Like right. You have 166 hit points? No way. That's nothing. I mean, my, let's see, his armor class is negative 5. My main character in your world runs around at negative six. When he's armored up. Yeah, when he's armored up and ready to yeah. go. There's yeah. no way that my human character should be able to take should on. Should be more power. Should yeah. Yeah. This this is just not strong enough. I mean, and don't get me wrong, you know, I love the I love the presence of them. Yeah. I think that they're they're on the you know, that's one of those things that you have to have somewhere, but you have to make it relevant to its position in the campaign. Absolutely. And hundred and sixty six hit points just doesn't make it. Yeah, I mean it was it was for my for my last birthday, you finished my collection of A D and D books and got me the manual of the planes. Yes. And reading through that, I think that might be in terms of what's in it, that might be my favorite D and D manual. You had mentioned that, yeah. You said that, that was something it, you it, 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 it kind of it gave, especially when it come came to the devils and the different levels of hell and things like that. It's right. incredibly creative the way that it's all written out and done. And I think that 
should there ever come a time when somehow your character manages to come in contact with one of these, right. it should be like you have met an unbelievably powerful thing sure. that only right. other unbelievably right. powerful right. things should be able to fight. Right. Um, but yeah, it's like it, 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 it's the way that it's written in the manual of the planes. It's almost impossible to get to the levels, those, those, those levels, those planes, right. those right. levels of hell. Um, and if you do get there, you're going to die from everything that's going on there, basically, unless you're really lucky. But I don't think that the stats here necessarily reflect that right. danger. Right. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's we. That's one of the reasons I want to kind of go through some of these is um, point out some of the ones that I agree with. And yeah. And also just next time we play, I know of things to change. So. Yeah. It's cool, though. Um, I was going to say something. Else. Oh, one of our viewers on YouTube mm-hmm. quite a while back uh, mentioned in one of the comments uh, actually playing a game that is largely involved around the planes. And I can't I vaguely remember. I that. cannot remember what that was, but I need to look that up and talk about it because there's actually a game to play that is largely centered around moving in and out of the different planes, which is I think is great. I need to look it up though. What do you mean a game like a like? It's a s- it's no, it's a it's like a uh, role playing game. I do. I vaguely remember something about that, and I feel bad because I I've used components of that game before but my right now my brain is not functioning terribly well but i've used components of the game before in my campaign there's a city that most things kind of take place in in that camp i've got a i'm gonna have to look that up and then we'll talk about it next time yeah because we're 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 big fans of what we understand about the planes and what goes right. on there and they right. get integrated especially the um ethereal plane for for bags of holding oh yeah 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 things yeah. like that um we do use the, he uses stuff like that a lot in his campaigns, which is cool. But we've talked a little bit about trying to expand yeah. into other planes more and more. Well, and I've always made the you know anything that anytime you deal with the planes, they're they're dangerous. Yeah, go figure, because that's yeah. how I roll. But um, <laughs> but one of the things that I and I I finally let it slip a while back. I always have made um, things like bags of holding and such. Uh, I actually have those open onto the ethereal plane, and so if something happens it's a very small chance that something moving through the, the ethereal plane um can come across your bag of holding from the other side yeah and i have yet to have anybody notice that something has gone missing out of their bag of holding because they don't understand the mechanics of how it works and see uh, yeah as soon as you i remember when you said that to me and that was terrifying because i my <laughs> my most powerful character has two and basically all of his net worth is, is in those bags of holding right? split yeah. between those two yeah. so yeah i might have to well i mean it's always a small chance it, it's a very very tiny chance that something in the in the vastness of the ethereal plane is going to come across the back side of your bag of holding and go hmm, what's here you know and rip up this you know, get a dagger and, and oh, the, look, yeah. oh i'll just take these with me but it can happen and it That's has possible. happened it has happened in to, the past. To me? No, actually okay. not to you. I okay. shouldn't tell you that, but no, not to you. Okay. But it has happened oh. to other players who've suddenly said, well, I get, I'm going to use the whatever. No, you're not. Well, where is it? Don't know. Well, it's because they had it in a bag of holding and somebody took it. dive on in and go through that big hole. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> go, 
you know, keep your inventory up to date go and make sure whatever horror has right. stolen your goods, or just let them have it and stop storing stuff. In bag let, of holding. Cthulhu can take your stuff. It's that's okay. right. Just let him go. Just, you can always find another you thing. Didn't need that crystal ball. Exactly. Just let it go. Um, let it but go. hey, along those lines, that just made me think of something. Oh. Um, this is part of a miniature segment that I'm going to start of things that I actually like about Fifth Edition. <sighs> I know this is going to be a very controversial oh my um, thing to talk well, about, but it doesn't go. have anything to do with the rules or the way the game is played. Well, then, it's just an interesting bit of creativity. I don't understand that. It's just something that's in fifth edition that a friend of mine told me about when they were playing. Okay. Um, it's called the bag man and the it's bag a, man. And it's along these same lines where essentially a monster is introduced in some supplement. I have no idea which one it was. Cause there's like a thousand of them um, where there's a creature that is a former you know, adventurer who, in order to escape some kind of monster, climbed into their bag of holding. Nice, yeah. Like thousands of years ago, right? And never managed to get back out. And so, because of like the magic that goes on in there, or something they transformed into this evil thing. Uh-huh. That there's like a two percent chance or something. Whenever you find a bag of holding, it's going to have a bagman inside of it. Which, which actually makes a lot of sense. It does, because that's something that I've done, right? In order to escape certain situations. But then, that makes really good sense. I like that. So you have to roll as soon as you get the bag to see if there's one in there. It's not something that's killable by normal means because uh-huh. it's like taken on plain sure. characteristics. Sure. But then every night when you go to sleep, there's a percent chance that it's going to climb out of the bag <laughs> that you have recently opened. <laughs> oh, and there's nice. And there's a drawing of it in the thing, and it's like this creepy looking nice. thing with these long fingers, and it's going to come out and attack you or take something or something. So that's I love that. I like that's it. really good. It's just kind of a that's freaky little thing that adds almost a horror element. Oh to... yeah, yeah. But I I've always felt that the the bag of holding is. I've always felt that it's kind of a cheap way of dealing with your stuff. Do you no, know what I mean? I, yeah. But because of my vested interest in this topic, I disagree. <laughs> Understand, but you're right. You're Understand, right. it's it, it just it's, it's a just, workaround, right? It is, and it's it doesn't make you be. It takes away your, it takes away f- forcing you to be creative with the way you take care of your things. Yeah, especially once you've made some progress and you have a lot, of a lot things. of stuff. Yeah, and so there's no you don't have to exercise any creativity. It's ah, oh, put it in the bag of holding. It's just a cheap opt out. Yeah. So, which is why I make it possible for it all to be stolen, depending on. You know, some dice rolls. It's just listen. It's just because you hate your players. I don't hate my players. Did you, I, did I you dislike the, my did players. Did you tie the rope onto the wall, John? <laughs> no, I think that was Bill. Was it Bill? Yeah, it was Bill. Did you tie that rope onto the wall? No, he no. just no. He just said I I throw Gene the rope. <laughs> Bill, understand? Bill was up on top of the wall. Gene was down at the bottom of the wall. There was a battle going on, and no, there wasn't a battle. They were just trying to sneak into the castle, and <laughs> so. Bill said, well, I'm going to throw Gene the rope. And that was, I said, so you just throw Gene the rope? Mm-hmm. And he said, yep, I'm just throwing Gene the rope. And so Bill, or Gene looked at me and held his hands up like he was being bombarded by you know, having a big coil of rope slap. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the way I play, guys. So just just so you know. Just another fun anecdote. You, you've probably been able to figure that out. Yeah, already, to deduce though. it by now. Yeah. Last thing. Yeah. I think it's important that we continue looking at these magazines. The Dragon magazines? Yeah, well, not yet. We're not there yet. But uh, we're on one of the last of Strategic Review. I just want to go through that quickly. See what we can... And see if there's anything really cool that we need to talk about. I agree. Let's do it. 
Uh, let me see here. We have got... Okay, this is from winter of 1975. Okay. A single copy of the Strategic Review was 75 cents. Wow. So this is before I even knew the game existed. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who have followed Tim Kask on, uh, on YouTube, he's got some really interesting things. If you're looking for the history of Dungeons & Dragons, you need to check out Tim Kask's um, videos on YouTube. Uh, and that's K-A-S-K. -K. He was he was editor at uh, TSR for a long time. But it mentions here that uh, this is when Tim Kask joined TSR as the periodicals editor right here in winter of 1975. So if you know about him, this is when he first became involved with TSR. Wow. But there are, there's another interesting thing in here. Then we'll be going into some of this at a later date. There is... Uh, they've got a section here about D&D-oriented magazines, and there's one in here. There's several. There's Alarms and Excursions, Craner, Rill, a um, couple of other ones. But the one I want to point out is this Alarms and Excursions, although I need to look at this Craner, Rill and yeah, see. Yeah, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that one. i gotta, I got to check that out. But Alarms and Excursions, interestingly enough, this is being published back in, 19, like I said, 1975, and Alarms and Excursions is still published today. Really? It is, by the same person. I had no idea. And I, I want to say that it's, I've worked with her. Her name is um, Lee Gold is the person's name. That name sounds familiar. And you can still buy these early editions in PDF form of, of Alarms and Excursions. And of course, being who I am, I've ordered like the first 25 of them or something. And so I'll be talking about some of the stuff that you find in Alarms and Excursions as well. I'm, I'm a historian by profession. Or I, was, I was an archaeologist for a long time, and then I worked, um, I worked in a museum for quite a while, too. But, uh, so I have a real interest in history, but it extends to D&D. &D. But I'll be looking at Alarms and Excursions and, yeah. and pointing out some of the stuff that they talk about in there. Yeah, that'll be interesting. You didn't roll it. Oh, that's right. You have a degree in history, too, that you're going to be getting. Well, not yet. We'll get there. I thought you might have rolled your eyes when you said that. It'd be interesting. No. no I'm just kidding you. <laughs> <laughs> but they talk about they do they, again going back to this uh, it's fascinating to me that they've got uh, a dungeon master listing in here I mean this is this is so early in the game you know and they've got I'll, I'm just going to read the states that they're listing here so that you can hopefully find someone to play this game with we've got Virginia California Illinois Washington Canada Illinois Wisconsin that's Rob Kunst actually uh, mentioned in here, D, uh, TSR guy. Mm. Uh, another Canada, another California, a Michigan, a Missouri, a California, a Michigan, a Michigan, and an Ohio. So, yeah, to me, that's it's good stuff. Yeah, it just it makes me wonder what all those people are up to now. Right, yeah. exactly. And I, if any, you know, if by some chance one of the four of you um, <laughs> used to advertise your dungeon master. Um, services in the Dragon or Strategic yeah. Review, let us know. That's the kind of thing we would love to hear about, and we'd love to talk to you We'd about love it. to have you on a podcast yeah, to talk about absolutely. this. Absolutely. Uh, in this, this, again, this is 1975. This is when The Illusionist first appeared. You love a good illusionist. I, I love my illusionist in Bill's world. I hate your illusionist in Bill's world. Hey, I... I want to kill your illusionist in Bill's world. Just so you guys know, my illusionist gnome in Bill's world, uh -huh. briefly took over the city of Brass. Well, as did my human fighter thief. But I think that my illusionist gnome was really the driving force behind that. 
He's not going to be after I <laughs> cut his head off. <laughs> he is an annoying little fellow. I, I got to. I got to admit, I, I will accept. I will accept wall. that. He's a bit eccentric. I. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Didn't he sign a deal with Asmodeus to sell his soul? Well, but he point? didn't know what he was doing. He, he was should have duped. read the paperwork. Well, but he it was, was talking to Asmodeus, but he, but he thought the it, king of hell. But he thought it was. He didn't think it was what it was. <laughs> and this seems so, like a good idea. I, I think I might do this. Oh, yeah, I'll sign there. What's he going to do? Well, yeah, I mean, it did. It just kind of snuck back up on things. Me. Really, just <laughs> fell apart there for a while. They did. They, it got. It got bad. <laughs> um. Also introduced here in 1975 was the clay golem for a monster. Hmm. Uh, magic, they entered, that was the year they introduced the Iowan stones. And then we also have Doc Holliday being introduced here as uh, another element to consider for using in Boot Hill, TSR's Wild West game, which what? is a great game. Do they have... All this statistics, like stats and everything. They do. Right they've they've got it all listed here. They've wow. got his speed, his gun accuracy, his throwing accuracy, his bravery, strength, experience, and his gambler rating. They're all right here. Gambler rating. Interesting. Yeah. I don't it's think it's a ever, great game. We have we've we just briefly tu- we've briefly touched on Boot Hill. That's all we've done. Yeah. And that was because I used it for uh, cowboys and vampires. Yeah, that's the only time I've ever played it. Yeah. Is those two or three times. But anyway, that's that's it, really. That's that's the. I mean, there's a lot more stuff in here. A lot of it is related to the Empire of the Petal Throne, which is another RPG that TSR published for somebody else. Yes. Um, if any of you have played Empire of the Petal Throne or still do, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just tell us about it because I'm I'm really interested. Basically, if you guys have any cool stories, about we'd love to hear them. Anything with this kind of stuff, we would love to hear about it. Um, and, and for those of you who, out of the four of you who are listening to this probably two now or there's probably nobody listening yeah, at this point anybody, we've, it's just talking yeah, to ourselves exactly like usual yes yeah, <laughs> at least at the moment we have each other exactly. usually we're on just our own talking in the corner of a room right. walking down the street you know the great thing about wearing masks during this whole pandemic you thing talk to yourself too i can talk to myself as i'm walking around the store and nobody thinks i'm crazy because they can't see me talking especially when people make me mad yeah you're yeah exactly anyway but um, yeah, let us know if if uh, any of you have played any of these things. Uh, and, you know, it's one of the great things that I've enjoyed most about the YouTube channel is we get some really detailed comments about things that people have done oh, yeah. or adventures that they've made up um, and really some creative things that people have done. Uh, and to me, that's one of the most fun things about this whole endeavor. Yeah, us and our little community all talking about our D&D experiences Ex- together. Exactly. Yeah. All, you know, geek and nerding out, whatever. What's what's the proper term? Is it geek or nerd? I prefer nerd. I use both, but maybe I'm maybe I'm cons- maybe I'm committing a 21st century faux pas by doing that. I really couldn't tell you. Okay, well, because I turned to you for this young people stuff. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Well, that, that's yeah, it's true. That's a mistake. The philosophy history major is going to tell me about the modern recording age. Recording his Dungeons and Dragons podcast in his basement. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what's cool. (laughs) And on that note, I'm Jim. I'm Alex. Alex. And this is is Warlock, possibly our last podcast. We'll see see where it goes from here. Keep your sword on free and have some fun. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.